Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your host, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today's episode is brought to you by 10,000. That's T-E-N-T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D dot C-C. Head over there, use the discount code Maximus15. We're also brought to you by Lalo Tactical, L-A-L-O dot com, home of the Maximus Grinder. Use discount code Maximus50 for 50% off your order there. Today, we're bringing you part two of our uh, interview with Magda Lopez. Uh, If you missed part one, go back one episode and get caught up because we're going to pick up right where we left off. Without any further ado, here we go. We did a podcast the other day, and I'd love your thoughts on this, that the good thing that's going to come out of this is people are forced to find themselves because we don't think that, you know, I'm speaking for Joe, but we don't think people know what fulfills them. And they're being forced to find out because all the distractions are gone. You can't, to bring it back to the Yorkville days, there were people at Hemingway's Remy's that were there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. I'm talking 50-year-old people that should be at home with their family or doing other things. And they had nothing. It's not that they had nothing else to do. The sound of their own silence in the apartment was deafening to them. Like they couldn't deal with it. And so now you're getting all these people that have to figure out real quick who they are. And there's only so many Netflix shows you can watch Instagram posts you can like. And then the rest of the day you're hanging out in inside your own head. And I think people are going crazy. It's so cool because this makes the pretenders either contend or get out. Um, I read a meme the other day that made me laugh because it was about my God, what are the mistresses going to do? What are all the side chicks going to do? Well, I think it's, it's an amazing um, evolution, this COVID, because I agree with you. People don't really know what they want. They're just kind of existing and, and they're afraid to get what they want. And uh, I, I kind of like what's going on. Obviously not, not the aspect of it, but, I like this because it's bringing us back to basics. It's simplifying life and simplicity is beautiful. Simple is not only is it beautiful, it's smart. Uh, I don't, I don't want a relationship that's going to bring me anything but joy. I don't want to work if it's not going to bring me money. I don't want to cook unless it's not going to be good for me. I really don't either good for my taste buds or, or good from the, the blood running through my veins. It's got to be good. Bring me something that's consistent. Don't bring me smoke and mirrors. And I think now people are being forced to find what fulfills them. And if they don't have it, they're going to find it. They're going to be like, okay, I really don't want this because they're locked into it. And I've been to prison uh, twice. And when you're locked in a place and you can't get out and you have no freedom, clarity comes quick, like really quick. And I think now we're kind of like in a prison and not really because we have all the bells and whistles, but a lot of people feel like they're in jail right now and they're, they're rethinking things. I'm telling you, I don't think this is a bad thing at all. Other than the people affected directly by the disease, I think this is a blessing in so many ways. 
I, I like the way that you put that because something that, that I think is going to come out of this is we're going to separate the, the wheat from the chaff a little bit because there are people who, before this whole thing happened, hated going to the office. Why can't I work from home? My boss just doesn't want me to do this. And now they're working from home and they're finding out like they probably missed the office a little bit. And so all this negativity that they keep pouring into this imaginary thing in their head of how, yeah. how bad their boss is, how bad their job is. Now they realize that it ain't the job. It ain't the boss. It's them themselves. And that's where I, I'm, I'm hoping that there's a bit of an awakening after this. And I'm hoping that when, when these you know, movement restrictions are, are lifted and lessened, people really embrace the fact that they have a place to go that they have a career, that they have a job, that they have something they can do, you know, even separate from home. Like they've got that part of their life figured out. And, and hopefully, I, hopefully people grow from this instead of, well, my boss sucks. My job sucks. You, ha- you end up with a sitcom like the office and the next one to come out, is going to be like the home, you know, <laughs> where instead of like different office people talking, it's going to be like your son and your wife and like the neighbor, what have you. I think, I think, Joe, you're right. The weak um, are going to be weeded out. And I think uh, when you think with gratitude for whatever you have, whether it's an office job or you're an entrepreneur, you, when you approach it and you say, oh, my God, I'm grateful for this, then you will make more money in whatever it is you do. Also, because we're being forced to get home, a lot of people are saying, fuck that. I'm not making $2,000 a month. I want to make $10,000 a month. Uh, and they can because they're going to learn everything they have to learn in this time. So even for me, I've learned in the past two weeks how I can better myself uh, as far as um, efficiency and communication through computers, through tools, stuff that I didn't have to worry about. I mean, Bobby and I recorded a, like a two-hour podcast. I fucked it up. I was lazy. Now, Bobby and I could do it again, and I've got it on five different machines and because I learned it. So I'm grateful. I, I'm grateful. So like, I'm, I'm not kidding. A $2,000 a month employee. I started her on this program last week. She made that one, two kids at home. Doesn't, do you think she's going to go back to her job? I don't think so. And I had a hand in that. So already I'm like, oh my God, thank COVID, this woman's life ever. Not only that, her confidence is through the roof. She's going to start exercising. Her kids respect her more. She can spend more time with her kids. I mean, this is shit that creates legacy. So I agree with you. Uh, The weak are going to get weaker and the strong are going to get stronger. This is like survival and advancement and moving forward. And I don't know that a lot of people are cut out for that. I don't. I think you, you said something else there that's really insightful is I think some people aren't going to want to go back. And I think employers are going to say, well, your job's back. Here's your 2000 a month. And people are going to say, why would I want that? I'm not worth that anymore. Like hopefully they found that they have a much higher value because they've invested some time in themselves and in, in doing the work that they weren't investing in before. Yeah. It's going to be so interesting. Like I can say this because I think I'm older than Bobby, but it's going to be interesting uh, when we go back to society, when we integrate again, what's going to happen? I actually am really excited to see what life is after COVID. Uh, I'm excited every day to see what life with COVID is. Uh, I, I don't go out. I mean, I really don't go out. I go outside to work out. Uh, but I mean, I, I love my health and I love my abilities and I don't want to compromise them in any way. And, uh, I think it's very interesting to see 
all of this evolve. And it really shows you who's the whiner, who's the worker, who's the killer. It, it, I mean, they come out, it, it's all coming out. And I got to tell you, in my home, I, I have my son here from college, thank goodness. He's turned out to be quite a worker. And I didn't know that. And I'm proud of him. I expected him to be less productive and nope. Every day he's helping, he's cooking, he's helping me with the computers, teaching me, I'm teaching him. And it's a great uh, balance, but there are a lot of people out there struggling. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I was struggling. My barbecue is a little advanced and I'm like, fuck it. I'll just make a fire. <laughs> I'm from Canada. <laughs> I don't need a barbecue. And you know, you just, find ways to just make it happen. I mean, that's how I feel about everything. And that's why I'm not afraid. I got on TikTok, something that I always wanted to play with. And I was like, you know, that's for children. That's for when I started to explore TikTok, I was like, what am I thinking? I mean, this is a money maker. However, I'm not of the demographic that wants to do the Justin Bieber dance. I want to work out. Uh, and I know that that is attractive still in, on any social platform, but um, it's most interesting. And you know, you can make a lot of money. Magda, it's funny that you bring up TikTok because you're so close with your son because I'm close with my son, my 11 year old. I called Joe one day. I said, Joe, you got to get a TikTok account. He's like, why? I'm like, because Beans, my 11 year old told me. He goes, what? So we were talking about it. He goes, dad, you need a TikTok account. I go, for what? He goes, really old people use Facebook kind of old people like you use Instagram. He goes, all the kids are on TikTok. I go, and that's exactly that? right. That's go, exactly huh? right. Yeah, you I know go, what? Huh? TikTok is also a great place. I don't give a shit who's watching. If, if consumers are there, brands will pay. Yeah, so TikTok he is a great platform to make money. I had no idea. So fucking around with TikTok, I got Fridays. With the, oh, look at Joe. Uh, you can't, it, it won't focus on it, but that's 318,000 views on that one video. That's on why I like video? TikTok. Yeah, on that video. Like, what, what did you do on it? I, I, I was walking past one of my athletes was down. Like it's a, it's a, a gym that had converted um, a racquetball court. So there was like a, an upstairs and he's downstairs in the racquetball court, just doing box jumps. And we were just talking about those in our class that morning. So I just videotaped him and I captioned it something like, you know, when you see your, your protege practicing on his own and he just happened to look up and laughed and smiled. And for some reason that just went super viral. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's funny. <laughs> Beans' logic, the 11 year old bag that he looked me dead in the eye. And I said, well, if kids are on it, why would I can't sell kids stuff? And he goes, dad, one day these kids are going to grow up and they're going to need exercise and you need to be there. And I was like, well, you're, you're hired. So he now works. <laughs> He's our media consultant on what all the cool kids do. You know, you know what, Bobby, you probably have on your phone right now videos that are TikTokable that are right now in the past. So you have time now, you know, establish yourself on TikTok because at, and your son is right. And it's not even your son. It's your son's parents, your son's neighbors. It's they eat, they wear clothes, they need vitamins. I mean, it's there. And, and if you're already working one platform, you can go simultaneously with a couple of, of button bushes across the board you know and that's and that's that's one thing we found like all this stuff that i never had time before 
I can do LinkedIn. I can do the TikTok. I can, I can do, we've been pumping out a podcast today. I mean, I remember it's funny when we were trying to schedule a podcast I did with you, it took us weeks to try and get our schedules together. And now it's like, Hey, do you want to chat tomorrow? And it's just, we can find time. So I, I think that's a great thing. There's, there's two things I really want to ask you one, cause you brought it up. You said you were in prison twice. So uh-huh. this, this concerns me that I'm going to be on an episode of the tiger queen <laughs> or like an Aaron Hernandez, like documentary in the future. Orange, orange, and the, orange is a new black. My son calls me. <laughs> okay. So I, um, I went to jail the first time for a million dollar racketeering. I did not do that. I just worked. You know, Meg, I'm going to stop you there. Nobody that goes, Joe used to work in jail. He was the corrections <laughs> officer. Everybody <laughs> in jail. Everybody is innocent. No, and, and the other thing, everybody is there for stealing. There are no murderers. There are no rapists. They're all there because they stole something. Anyway, I worked for this guy. He, he did some stuff and there were 25 employees that got uh, arrested. On the I was one. And so then I was uh, released once I told Ron. Uh, that was a quickie, and that was the first one. Now, the second one is a bit more complicated, uh, and it was a little tougher because my, my ex-husband, my son's father, came to my home and uh, punched me in the face, and I had already taken maybe three or four self-defense classes, and I fucked him up. And uh, I left a tattoo bite mark on his arm because he finally got me into a lock. And as you know, men have at least 25% more muscle than women. And although I was very strong and very quick, he got me locked. And I had nothing left to use but my mouth. And I did bite him and I, I drew blood. And in the state of Florida, whoever draws blood wins. And I won. So I went to jail for domestic violence, uh, and that was a, a little more complicated. Okay, I, I don't mean to laugh, because you know I was a cop in Toronto for a number of years. Yeah. What, what kind of fucking cop goes to a domestic dispute where a woman got punched in the face and takes her to jail? Like, where I'm, where I'm from as a Canadian, so two, two things would happen. One, if I arrested you in that situation, I'd probably get fired. Number two... If he didn't go to the hospital and not because you put him there, it's because I taught him a lesson so he would never do this shit again. I would get fired. I'm wondering stuff were different in, in, in Miami. Cause that just wouldn't happen in, in Canada. You know what I mean? You know, my, my situation goes like this. I look a little more, uh, street credible than, than him. And he is very fancy guy with an expensive car. And when they came, he spoke uh, first. I was a little late to choose a chat. I was covered in blood. My, my muscles were really pumped that day. Because, you know, when you get into an altercation, it, they swell. Everything swells. I, I looked a little bit like the Incredible Hulk that day. And um, he was very well-spoken. And he said, I cheated on her and she's jealous and all that. And he and it's okay. All's well that ends well. I don't think he'll ever hit a woman again. You know, I, I got to say, though, these stories have almost redeemed you in my eyes. Um, you and I have had some personal issues. Um, 
Can you see the poster behind me by any chance? Do you know what that is? No. It's every season ticket framed from the final Maple Leaf season at a place called Maple Leaf Gardens. We know that the Toronto Maple Leafs are, are Jesus was bored. Um, he wanted to make the world's greatest hockey team. He put the Mecca in Toronto and you've turned your back on the, on the, on the Blue Jays, the, the Leafs, the Raptors. And now I see you in this, this despicable Florida Panthers gear. Uh, Florida should not have a hockey team. If it, you do not have ice or snow naturally occurring, you don't deserve to have a hockey team. Um, so I have an issue with that. You, you like the Miami heat for some reason, which are, um, rivals to the Raptors. Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually glad COVID came because if, if the heat and the Raptors played in the playoffs, you and I would, would, our friendship would end. It would evaporate. Um, one of us would be going to jail. Um, and now I'm slightly frightened of you. So <laughs> uh, this, this story this story kind of it kind of makes up for your 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 turning your back on your roots. My betrayal, I get it. Um, you know what, Bobby? I got to be honest with you. Both the Miami Heat organization and the Florida Panthers have been so um, I Please don't get me wrong. I love all the teams in Toronto. Um, I grew up, and and my allegiance is always in Toronto. But I cannot deny that these two organizations have, for me professionally, been outrageous i mean i'm like their other um cheerleader in both places and it's been great and so when you guys come to miami uh we have great seats we get cheap right we get all the clothes we get all the stuff and you know it shows again that my role in everything is always a cheerleader i mean i don't know how they adopted me both and the dolphins is it, it's, i don't even want to talk about that because i remember when the dolphins were the most winningest but um yeah, man, Miami has been very good to me as a woman, as Revite, uh, supported me in, in every way. And of course, I'm going to be good to them. And Bobby, between you and me, I'm really a Toronto fan. I just have to do it. <laughs> so if I send you a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. You've seen it hanging in my gym. I sent a picture to you yeah. with Maximus on the back for when I was drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Will you, will you wear that on your Instagram or is that going to get you in some kind of trouble? I will proudly wear it. I will spray my perfumes <laughs> all over it and I'll send it back. I will wear it and I will take a great shot in it. I love right. I love Toronto, Bobby. Uh, Bobby, you don't understand. Toronto is my heart. But I mean... I still, I mean, I still occupy residence here. When I leave here, maybe it'll be a different story. If I leave, uh, we'll yeah. see. So another, another question I want to ask is you love your son and it's one of my favorite stories. Um, and, and your shirt reminds me of it because you said he's working so hard at home. Culture is everything. That's an anatomy thing. Anatomy gym uh, owned and run by Mark Magna, uh, another mutual friend, um, a guy I feel we both, you know, deeply mutually respect. Um, Joe, do you know Mark? Have you met him? I haven't met him. No, I know who uh, he is. So I wondered if you guys came to a seminar at the same time. But Magna, your son actually worked there, correct? It's a story you told me last time, which I, I really enjoy. You know what, Bobby? Uh, first of all, for me to give my son to someone, trust me, they have to be solid. I don't ever, ever 
put my son in a place that I don't feel like he's completely surrounded by goodness. And that summer, he had gotten his first opportunity to work. And for me, it's very important that my son learns everything about this world, everything. And I thought Mark would be a great place for him to have his first little job. And I said, hey, Mark, did you hire my kid? And the look of fright came over Mark's face. He was like, oh, shit. And he said, Magda, will he do everything I ask him to? I said, uh, sure, shit, he will. And then he goes, everything. I said, everything. And guess what? After a wonderful summer, uh, Mark pretty much said, I was very hesitant to take your seat. I'm one of the loudest and proudest anatomy members here. He never wants to visit me. It's just bad business. And I think he was afraid that my son was going to be one of those kids that says, I'm too good for this. I'm not doing that. Well, not only did Mark say he's welcome to work here whenever he wants, but um, he used my son as an example to the employees of anatomy because Roman's willingness say yes to anything, right? toilet cleaning, uh, running to the courts to get permission. Roman just kept saying yes. Plus I threatened his life. I said, this is Mark Magna. You better say yes to everything. And uh, it was a wonderful relationship. But Mark and I, and I believe you too, Bobby, and I'm sure Joe, if I sat with you, you have the same common thread here. We're very uh, humble in no work is, is, is too bad or too ugly, but work is work. And I think uh, it was a blessing for my son to work uh, in every way. Now, Romy has a inter my son Roman has internships at uh, Price Waterhouse Furs and he has, you know, fancier jobs. But it was more important to me that he learned how to respect, how to be grateful uh, for a dollar. Um, how to learn how to deal with other human beings that are not mom and dad. Uh, and Mark was a great, great example. Um, I don't know, man. I love my, my gym. And I say that with great pride. People actually think I own because I walk around saying my gym and it is my gym. It's my home away from home. And I am a big believer in culture is everything. I build culture in businesses. I build culture in my home. I build culture everywhere I go. So when Mark says culture is everything, he means that. And if you go into our gym and you are not uh, on that team, you're going to walk out of the gym quickly because he's going to force you out just by looking at you. Like he won't say anything negative. He'll just stare at you and you'll feel so bad. You'll run. <laughs> you know, if you bring something to the table, he will be your biggest, bestest friend. And it took me years uh, to become friends with Mark. As a matter of fact, I remember our first meeting and <laughs> we went to breakfast and he said to me, I don't know if you've ever seen him, Joe, but he's enormous. Joe, Joe to, give you a, to give you an example, he played uh, defensive line for the New England Patriots. Right. So that could give you an idea of this man's stature. Right. He's, he's huge and I'm five foot two. So we went to breakfast and I think he was a little scared of me because he knew who I was on, on media. And he's like, this chick is so loud. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And so he said, Magda, I'll never forget this. He said, my gate is open. But when my gate 
poses. And I remember saying, ooh, this guy's a psycho. And he is so <laughs> psycho. I love it. Because I'm that way too. And lucky for me and my son, we're inside the gate. We're in the circle of love. And uh, it's, but it's cool, man, because I believe in that too. I believe that you need to audit your circle. You are the people that are closest to you. Your five fave, you are your last five memes. I believe that. So it's important to audit uh, your circle and your memes and your people a lot. And so, yeah, my son's first job was an amazing experience. And, and I want to I want to touch on that a little bit more, because one of the reasons that's my favorite story is that he's willing to clean toilets, like to do anything. And I found that uh, I'm going to sound like an old guy right now. But these these Generation Z kids or Z or whatever we call it in the United States, they're so entitled. Like there's kids that expect that they should be at the top of the corporate ladder right away without working. And, and this isn't, by the way, this isn't just my opinion. This is something I've heard from everybody in my industry, but also uh, other people. The kids aren't willing to work these days. So it's really endearing to me. And, and also a credit to you as a mom to see the job you've done with him that he's willing to work the mail room, so to speak, to be able to do what he wants to. I, I don't think, and, and, you know, I did a, a show a thing with, with Mark the other day, and we we're talking about Tom Brady coming to the Buccaneers. And uh, Mark said this phrase, Tom Brady is one of the most humble people ever. I think humility might be, hum, humility might be more important one of the sexiest things you can have uh, in the world. And it's also a great tool because if you're humble and you're willing to work, oh my God, life is beautiful. And if you're an asshole and you think that you're, you're just because you graduated from that school or your parents or someone, or you got a nice car or you got a, whatever, that that's going to make you get ahead farther I'm sorry. We live in a culture and in a society where people give up so fucking quickly that, okay, this is too hard for me. Fuck it. I'm going somewhere else. Oh, this is too hard for me. I'm getting divorced. Oh, this is too hard for me. I'm walking away. That kind of bullshit. I don't tolerate it anywhere near me, especially my son. Uh, My son. It's so funny. People say to me, Magda, you're divorced. Are you ever worried about your kid? I'm like, worried. No way. My son knows more because of the divorce and because of seeing me struggle and go to jail and work and switch hats. He is more able because of all of those things. And I believe parenting is going to change the world. Uh, when you guys, I don't know if you're too young for this, but Mr. Rogers had a neighborhood where he would build um, children uh, and their esteem and he would teach them how to be happy. And I tell my son, if you flip burgers at Burger King, be the best burger flipper in Burger King. Take pride in what you do. And pretty soon you're going to own a Burger King. And then you're going to own a lot of Burger Kings. And then people are going to suck your toe jam just to shake your hand. Um, the first black billionaire woman, okay, she made that money. And it's in the Guinness World Records. It's also a movie right now on Netflix. It's called Self Made. She made it fixing people's hair roots. Um, okay. Did I say she was Rockefeller's neighbor? You don't think that woman was humble? I'm not too good to do anything. And I teach my son the same thing. Respect people, work hard, keep your head down and you will succeed. If you look to your right, look to your left, look for approval, look at your Instagram. You're going to fuck up. You're going to fuck up every time. 
it's funny. The big thing I took from that was fulfillment. Like you want to flip burgers, be happy flipping burgers. 100%. There's, a, there's a, there's an exercise and Joe and I talked about this in another episode that we called filament that I do with, with corporate people where um, I ask them if money was no object, what would you do? And it's funny, the answers you get, like some people want to deliver mail. Some people would be a postman, you know, a postman or, or they would, they would want to paint watercolors or write poetry or, and then the next I go, why did you give up on that dream? Like if you're miserable doing what you are now, why don't you do that thing? You know, Bobby, I think one of the best stories that I heard last year about a child coming from privilege uh, that went the wrong way is Cindy Crawford's son uh, with Randy Gerber, I think his name is, right? The vodka guy. In any case, they're both really great looking people. They're both very, very wealthy. And their gorgeous model son got right underneath his eye, on his cheek, misunderstood tattoo on his face. You can only imagine what his mother, Cindy Crawford, did. Now, I don't know. It doesn't take a rock. I'm a life coach. I am a master life coach and I am certified. Um, and I can show you all of my documents. That is a child crying for help. That is what it is. And whoever tattoos on faces should have more certifications because, I mean, it's not an expression. This is a direct insult to two of the most beautiful people in the world. I mean, on the outside. Uh, symmetrically beautiful because beautiful in the dictionary means symmetrical. Uh, Cindy Crawford and her husband are both very symmetrical people, but this is a child crying out for help. And we need to fix our kids, man. That's what Mr. Rogers was telling the government. Our kids are going to change the world, but we need to teach them to be hardworking, happy, have good self-esteem, be nice to one another, kind of like what we're doing in COVID. So I think, uh, yes, it, teaching children the right thing to do is going to solve all of our problems. It really well, will. And, and they're, they're being exposed to what you do because I've always said kids don't pay attention to what you say. They pay attention to what you do. And they watch you. And so I think it's important to have your kids around, to bring them to work, to show you what you do. Um, I routinely even talk to my three-year-old. I don't know if he understands or not. He does. But I, talk to him. I talk to him about work. He, he helps me with stuff. Sometimes I let him push the, the send button on the email just so he and knows. Use big words when you're talking to your yeah. three-year-old. They understand. They yeah, really I talk to do. Them. Joe laughs. I talk to him like he's an adult. Like it's just me. That's my, my daughter too. If you ask her what she wants to do when she grows up, she's going to say, I want to do what daddy does. Yeah. It's what they, how, what they learn. How old is she, Joe? Four and a half. So cute. <laughs> I mean, I talk to my kid in all the languages I know in big words, all of his life. I, and now I kind of wish he would let me play with him because you know, he's 20 years old now, but I spoke to him it, first of all, in truth, always, I, I always use bad words around him. I never said you're not allowed to use bad words because I think that's fraud. I mean, any way you slice it, they're listening to the bad words. Why not explain to them how to use them effectively? Um, I think you got to give your kids all the tools in the world and then pray. <laughs> That's so Maggie, I got I to gotta tell a funny story to you. My 11 year old, um, the other day we're driving 
And I told him he was going to work as my personal assistant. He's got to start learning the business. And so I put him on with the guys of 10,000. They sponsor me. I'm a 10,000 athlete. It's a new relationship. I love them. They've been good to Joe. And uh, they wanted me to send some art files over. So he's figuring out how to do this. And then of his own volition, he asks them, he goes, hey, it's Beans. My, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Bobby's son. I'm 11. Can you send me some gear? And Brian, the guy he's talking to, yeah, we'll get you some 10,000. We'll get you some extra small. Beans replies, what kind of man wears extra small? <laughs> so Brian writes back, he goes, our CEO and creative director. And Beans goes, I feel kind of bad for them, but can I still have extra small? I laugh so hard. That's when I awesome. The messages. Like, That's you're awesome. Your dad's, you're your dad's guy. Your dad so, is, I mean, your son is going to be an entrepreneur. That's amazing. He's, he's funny. He's a funny kid, but I love hearing that story about your boy. Um, this has been an amazing podcast. We absolutely love your energy. And I knew it would be like this. Um, you're a person respected for a very long time. Where can people learn more about you? They can go to www.atreve-t.com. They can find me on every social media platform as R-E-V as in Victor E-T-E. And they can always just call you up and ask for my number, Bobby. Fair enough. But don't give it to creeps or people that are going to just send you a text that says... I'll just, I'll just bite them. I mean, I'm a good biter. <laughs> what, before we go, is your real name Magda or is it Revet? Revet. My real, my real name is Magda. All right. Where does Revete come from? Okay. Okay. Revite. Okay, so my 16-year-old helper at the accounting firm is a very creative woman. She is now a CPA. Um, I asked her, I said, honey, I want to open a marketing firm and I want a really crazy name. And she is also Latin. The word atrevete in Latin means to dare. So if you put the at sign, which is my logo, the at sign, and then revite, and you just read it, it's atrevete. That's why Revite is my social media name because you have to put at before it. And so it means to dare. And then American people or Canadian people don't get it. But Latin people, like four years later or two years later, they'll go, oh my God, I get it. I get it. It's so cute. So it means to dare. My legal name is Magdantonia de la Torre. I married a man named Lopez and hopefully I'll marry a man that's faithful. And you, and you are Cuban, correct? I am. So where can I get the best Cuban sandwich in the United States? My house. Come over. Your house. All right. It's on when Lisa and I come down to Miami, that'll be on the menu. And Joe. And, and Joe. Yeah. yeah. When you said Cuban sandwich, you had my attention. I love Cuban. <laughs> They're my favorite. Love. You this guys are good. awesome. Thank you so much for the time. Um, love the positivity, especially the way you're navigating COVID. Um, you're one of my favorite accounts for that reason, because I'm starting to learn who I really like and who I really dislike now because of how some people are handling this, like the doom and, doom and, the, and the misery. And I've actually hung up on people because I can't deal with their negativity. I mean, I've never been able to. You got to put your your heart and your mind in a in a lockbox and don't let anybody in right now. Just tell them to fuck off. Yeah, lock it, lock it, 
it's also when it's not that much of a struggle. Like we were talking yesterday about, I get it. If you lost your job and you're worried about your kids, I, 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 I understand that's scary. Um, if a loved one's going to die of COVID, I get it. It's scary. You got a 90 year old living at home. That is scary. But if work is paying you to work from home, yeah. And you've been like, can you imagine someone went to your dad? I was talking to Joe about this and said, uh, Hey, you, you know, you've done such a good, good job here. We're going to give you an extra 30 days off of paid vacation. Yeah. Can you imagine your dad complaining about that? Like, this is the worst thing that ever happened right. to me. And this is what we're at where people are, they have a job, they're getting taken care of, they're getting your stimulus package, they're yeah. healthy, they're young, and they are miserable at this. And I just don't, I can't, I can't have it around. Yeah, yeah. I, the only thing I, I feel bad about always is health. If, if you're sick, if you're sick in any, in any way, then I feel bad. But everything else can be remedied. Everything else. You got to keep smiling. You got to keep elevating. You got to keep fighting. And some people don't like it, Bobby. Some people think I'm being offensive, insensitive. And, you know, I don't really give a shit because you know who pays my mortgage? Me. You know who helps me? My son. So, you know what? They can stick their opinions up their ass. Right now, it's a time to lock arms and and elevate people and no judgment. Period. No judgment. It reminds me, I've, I've worked with almost every tier one military asset in the United States military, just as part of my, part of my job. And it reminds me what someone said to me at a seminar once, uh, it was hot. There was no air conditioning in the gym. It was a brutal workout. And, uh, I said, man, this is hard. And the guy looked at me and he goes, sir, at least no one's shooting at us. And I was like, Oh, okay. Fair, fair enough. Like good frame of reference. Like it's just not that bad. I mean, from his perspective, he's fortunate to just be in a gym where he's not ducking bullets or he's not worried about his freedom or, or, or not going home to his family. He's just excited to be able to be in a gym, working with a trainer he respects. Like it's, it's, we, we forget it or the, the people that can afford to pay Mark Magna or, or we did. <laughs> it's like, you're working out at one of the best gyms in the world with some of the best people in the world. And you're complaining about it. If you can afford to spend, I don't know what Mark costs an hour, but 200 bucks, 250 bucks, whatever it is an hour, if you can afford to pay him every day, you shouldn't be complaining about much. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And you can get Mark for free at least once a week. Now I did him today for free. Uh, Grant for free on Sunday, I believe. Uh, Yeah. It's a time to share and to give and definitely not to complain. Definitely not. That's for sure. Somebody, somebody has always got it worse. That's the, my dad used to say that to me. He goes, just remember it can always, it wasn't a negative thing. It was more to be more, to be grateful, but like you can always get worse. So you need to, you know, Joe, Joe said at the beginning, Oh, I really think you're optimistic. Oh no. I'm like the most optimistic because it's really easy. Very easy to be pessimistic. Yeah, it is. And I hate easy. If it's easy, I don't want it because it's bullshit. I want hard because I know it's going to last. And it takes a lot of energy, strength, and courage to be optimistic. It's very easy to be like, mm-hmm. no, no. It, it's more comfortable. It's safe. It's unsafe to say, hey, that could work. Maybe that could work. Be a little open to that. It takes an enormous amount of courage to do that. And more often than not, people are pessimists. 
That's just like, down well, the that's, street. That's our default trajectory. Just down the street. Just down the street. There are people that can't fucking read. Mm-hmm. That can't buy food. That can't walk. Just down the street. So I'm already luckier. Um, you know, today is what? Wednesday? It's a good day. Every day is a good day. I mean, Maggie, I, that, I mean that. I mean it. That, that reminds me of the person when you say no. The person that, and you've had this happen to you. The person that comes to ask you for help or advice. Magda, how do I do this? And you tell them and they say, no, I don't want to do that. That's not going to work. Why did you, why did you come to me? Yeah. Like, why did you ask me when your default is no? So we'll leave it at that. Always say yes. And thank you for saying yes to our podcast. Yes. Thank, oh, you. thank you guys. I love you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to part two of our episode with Magda Lopez. We really enjoyed it. I hope you did, too. Um, If you like what we do, if you like the content that we create and you want to support the podcast, make sure you head over to themaximuspodcast.com. Click join and get into the inner circle. This is a place where you get to mingle with other fans of the show from all around the world. Uh, We've been doing a lot of live workouts uh, via Zoom, so you can get in on some of those. Uh, We also have access to some of the best training programs, some of the best uh, training information, and of course, direct access to Bobby and me so you can get all the secrets, all the gains. So head over to themaximuspodcast.com, click join, get into the inner circle, and we will be back next episode with another great interview. Cause you're the last of a dying breed.